Uh, it's, it's nice to have a ministry actually called Restoration because that means we get to remember, uh, and it's always sort of on the forefront of our mind, the, the, the thing that Jesus is about, that he's most about, which is restoring. I love when uh, uh, Ed's first lecture in Restoration, uh, he shows the, the, you know, the, the picture of the, the classic car in progress, and you get to see when it's you know, dilapidated, and then it's, it's brand new. And that, that, that's what he's all about. So I want to talk about this this morning, shall we? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for being here this morning, and uh, we invite you to stay <laughs> so I don't look bad. Um, we uh, we want to hear your words, so uh, I pray you'd filter out anything that's not this morning and uh, help me to speak and uh, help us to hear. Amen. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard this story. Um, I'm going to pick on Rahina this morning, just briefly, because you, I just want to watch your face, that's all. Um, I, uh, th- this painting, now some of you guys are familiar with this particular news story, so don't ruin it for those who aren't, but... About a year ago, this painting was hanging in a church in Spain, Catholic Church, and uh, this is the way it looked originally. Uh, over the years, it had gotten old and worn, and you know this is what happened. So there was this wonderful, sweet lady who um, was, well, fancied herself an amateur artist, and she worked in this church, and she saw this painting every day and saw how worn it was getting. So she decided that she was going to help. And so she brought out her paints and she fixed it. This happened last August. (laughs) I was just watching Rahina's face, who was a wonderful painter. This is real. This happened. It was all over the news. It was this big deal. This sweet, sweet lady who was trying so hard to help and thinking, I just want to make this better. And then she sort of turned herself in. She's like, I messed it up. <laughs> like, yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. I don't know what the status is on this. This is like uh, last August that this happened. And so they were trying to take it to some experts to see if they could restore it. And they were like, whew. Um, I don't know. We're hoping she didn't use oil-based paints. That was the quote that I saw. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, um, restoration is, is a thing that Jesus is about, and it's a thing that we're about, but, you know, we have our limitations. <laughs> Some things are just a big mess. And we desperately, desperately um, just need him to, to come in and, and finish the work. Um, I want to talk about eternity. I, I've been a little squeamish to talk about eternity and the second coming in Jesus and heaven um, because, well, for a couple of reasons, and they're, they're my own issues, okay? So, but just let me tell you two of the reasons I've been a little squeamish about it. And uh, I think maybe there's, I, I think these are maybe valid, but nevertheless, um, 
I think first, the first thing, I think, is when we start majoring on this, and, and it's the only thing we talk about, it can really lead people to false hope. For example, I'm not a big fan. I personally, now, people, different things work for different people, and different people have reasons they use it. I'm personally not a big fan of the phrase, ticket to heaven. Um, I, I don't like it because I think it can lead people into false hope, to, to thinking that once they have a ticket, then there is no need to have any continuation with Christ. You know what I mean? And so I've seen this happen where, um, you know, People will think that and they'll hear that and mentally they latch on to this phrase and then they think, okay, well, I guess we're good then. They never talk to Jesus for the rest of their life. 30 years later, their life is a total wreck. But hey, they, they way back here, the, somebody told them they had a ticket. You see what I'm saying? Uh, there is, I, I, I will say this and I stand by this. I don't think there's anything you can do that will ever eliminate the need to still love Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Amen. Okay, so... That, that, that's the first reason I've been a little like nervous and I don't like to talk about it too much because I don't, I don't want to go there and like I say, it's my issue. The second thing is I think it can create an escapist kind of mentality where we stop, where we start looking around and go, oh, just get us out of here, Lord. Look at that painting. Ah. <laughs> oh. So, this has happened before. In fact, I remember, and probably many of you guys remember, there was a book written in 1988 called 88 Reasons Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. Anybody remember that book? It sold four and a half million copies. Some of you guys probably bought it and are too afraid to lift your hands. I was about nine at the time, and I actually remember one of the students in my class didn't show up to school that day because um, his mom said, don't go to school, Jesus is coming back today. Um, and there have been all these kinds of predictions, and we all remember the Harold Camping thing just from, what, two years ago now, of all the billboards everywhere. So it was supposed to be May 19th or something, and, and boom, boom, boom. And, and throughout history, there have been people who have figured it out, figured out the day that it's coming. And you know what's happened many of the times is you see these people will follow somebody up into the mountains, and this happened in the, in the I can't remember what year it was, uh, 1860s, I think. But these guys are up in the mountains, they're all wearing flowery, you know, white dresses and all these things and oh and they're waiting for the day and it doesn't happen and go oh 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 we forgot to tabulate leap year or something you know there's always a reason why it's not exactly right and so they just want to get away and they just want to get up to heaven and that means getting as far away from people as you can you see what I mean and I don't like that. I, don't, I think that's the opposite of what we as Christians are supposed to do. So because of that tendency that, that I, that, that's been around in the church that makes me nervous to talk about it. So I, I confess uh, th that, that I, I probably let those things go in a different, uh, push me too far in a direction. And I, I stand chastised by my late hero, Mr. C.S. Lewis. Allow me to read from Mere Christianity. You know, one day we're going to have a C.S. Lewis class in here. Wouldn't that be cool? All right. Coming to a Sunday school down the road sometime. That'd be fun. All right. Uh, I love Lewis. Uh, and uh, here, here's a wonderful quote. Hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean... Uh, that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you'll find that Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set, foot, uh, who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, 
the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective as this. Aim at heaven and you will get the earth thrown in. Aim at the earth and you will get neither. That's good stuff, isn't it? Now we're talking about the gospel and the message of the gospel. And obviously we're, we're, we're continually looking at this through different lenses. And so I, I, I want to talk about this particular thing. Because he, here, this, I think it's a very good thing that uh, we're, we're not, we're, the, all the focus here isn't going to be on going and, and trying to, you know, get in people's face and saying, if you died in 10 minutes, where would you go? I don't think that's necessarily appropriate or all that helpful. Um, I mean, it's been effective for some people, don't get me wrong. But most of the time that doesn't help. However, if we leave it out completely, we are obviously missing some things, aren't we? And I think he's exactly right. Now, part of our mantra here is bringing heaven to earth. Isn't that a cool thing? And I, I thought about that. I go, that's good. I think, we're, I think we're on the right track. If we believe there exists a perfect order of heaven, then we're going to have more of a desire to bring it in whatever measure we can in this life. Does that make sense? I want to show you a chart. I'm hoping this comes uh, to work on our screen issues here, but this is a chart that I stole off a man named Eric Swanson, who uh, is very heavily involved and instrumental in the city reaching movement in the United States. And uh, he actually uses this as he shares the gospel with people. It's talking about the grand narrative. I'm really into stories. You guys who have heard me talk a lot know I'm really into stories. And I, I love the, seeing the big story in things. And this is how he presents it. Here we go. We started way up on the left here. Creation. It was good. You remember that? It was good. The Lord said that it was good. It was very good. It was the way it ought to be. But then something happened. Everything was broken in the fall. Relationship with God, relationship with others, relationship with the planet. Now think about this. Sometimes we focus only on our relationship with God. We think that was broken, and when Jesus comes, he restores it. And that's true, and thank God that's true, and it's right that we major on that. However, have you ever thought about the other side of that? Why is it, for example, that there was this massive two-mile funnel that touched down in Oklahoma and wiped out a school and killed people? Why is it? Is it because there was sin in the house? Well, some people would say yes. Some people would say that's why the hurricane Katrina came to New Orleans, or that's why all these things happen. And yes, there is sin. I understand. I remotely want to make light of that issue. But rather than assuming that that's a direct punishment of God, why do we have to go there? We, we don't have any clue as to that. All that throws out is judgment on these people. You know why I think it is? It's because creation is groaning. That's why. It's because there's a curse on the world since the fall. That's why. Do you see what I'm saying? Why is it that people have diseases? Is it because God said, pew, I don't tend to think so. I, I, I think it's because the fall broke things. That's why. It started out beautiful and pristine, and it's not anymore. It was broken. And what happened? Christ came. Everything that was lost in the fall was redeemed at the cross. Bought back, purchased back. It was claimed, you see that, by Christ. And right now, we are invited to join him in the restoration. 
what it can be. And one day, however, one day it will be fully restored. So here's what, we're in this, we're in this season in history. You've heard the term perhaps already not yet. And that's sort of where we're at. We're in this place of marching toward the day of full restoration. But when we look around us, we've got to see and acknowledge that we're not there yet. Okay? And that, that doesn't represent a lack of faith. If somebody has a disease, they have the disease. So we pray for healing and everything else. But we move forward knowing that one day it's all going to be restoration day. That's the day I'm talking about. Is it escapist to focus on that? Well, it, it certainly can be because anytime you put undue emphasis at the expense of other truths, you can end up getting out of whack. But to look at that day and look forward to the day of restoration and, and be comforted by the fact that Jesus is gonna make all things right, folks, that's, that's a wonderful hope of the Christian. And it's not escapism. Because we're involved day to day in working alongside him to, to, to get accomplished whatever we can accomplish with him. I uh, recently was asked to, uh, to write an article for a fellow autism dad blogger. And he wanted uh, me to write it because he, uh, he wanted to hear, essentially he wanted to hear how I work in my faith with my situation. Basically saying, would you share your testimony? <laughs> That's what he's saying. He's like, I want to know, know how your relationship with Christ works through this. So I'm like, okay, all right. And I decided to take sort of this tact right here and, and sharing my testimony. And um, I, I did, and I wrote it, and I got some interesting um, responses. Basically, Here's what I said. I'm not going to read the whole thing because that's kind of awkward when you read something you've written. Something, it's weird. But um, here's basically what I said. I said, you know, uh, Christianity isn't, isn't a good force field. You know, it's not, it's not like this thing that we go, ta-da, now I can take on the world, pshoo, 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 and it all falls off. Because I don't know how many of you guys have tried that and realized that, wow, that doesn't work, does it? It's your magic Jesus shirt it's supposed to repel all these stains. But look at my shirt. You know what I'm saying? So, how we can go through and we can try to ignore it whenever, like, pretend everything's fine and it's not fine. And so I was talking about Jack's diagnosis and how it came right after uh, Samuel's heart, open heart surgery. Uh, those two together, plus our dear friend Karen Nita was, was dying of cancer. All these three things hit at one time, and I, I just sort of was crushed. And we just came here, and I was, you know pouring snot all over Joshua's carpet like every other day. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was in a bad way. You know what I'm saying? And so I just said, I stopped pretending and said, here's, what, here's what's going on. Now, my life kind of, this, this just stinks and I can't get through to my son. And I said, but you know, what gives me hope is this, is that I don't believe that Jesus is behind that. I don't believe that Jesus micromanages the universe. I never have. I think there's all kinds of things that happen because there's spiritual warfare and because creation is groaning. And I don't think that it's him. And I think that one day Jesus is going to come and he's going to make all of that new, including my son. And that one day Jesus says the last shall be first. You know what that means? That means one day my son is going to be heralded like a king. Amen. He's going to be celebrated like a rock star. 
because he's going to be made new. And all these things that he put up with and all these things that so many who suffer with autism or Down syndrome or any developmental disability or delay or anything like that, I believe might be the first in heaven. They might be the closest to the throne room of God. And I said, you know what? That gives me hope because I know my God's good and I know he's gonna restore. And I look forward to restoration day when all the things that hinder him right now, the fact that his relational faculties are broken, those are gonna be restored and he's gonna be celebrated. And even if he doesn't get healed in this day, and I continue to pray for his healing, friends, I do. (laughs) But even if that never happens, there will be a day of restoration. I got some interesting feedback. One said, well, a couple other parents saying, well, I just love my child the way he is. Why does there need to be restoration? Wonderful question. I love my son the way he is too, by the way. (laughs) Wonderful question. How do you accept while at the same time wanting more? You know what I'm saying? And so there's a lot of talk, especially when it comes to this particular uh, uh, disorder, syndrome disorder is that because they see things different in, in pictures a lot of times, things like that. Um, and my son uh, has abilities that I don't have. For example, he has incredible, incredible pitch when he goes, he'll go around and hum and sing a song. And if you listen, you can hear, and it's happened ever since he was like one or two. He'd listen to a song and he'd walk around and he would be able to hum it perfectly. We're like, that's crazy. And even to the point now, he'll be singing a song that starts really high, and he'll just effortlessly jump down to the lower octave or vice versa, where they don't actually do that in the movie that he's talking. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, that's incredible. You hear a lot about, uh, uh, you know, people who have uh, autism or or, or something having these insane abilities to remember numbers or be absolute off-the-charts geniuses. So the question is, they're seeing the world differently. How are you saying that's broken? You know what my answer to that is? First of all, I love the attitude. I love the attitude. We need to embrace our kids wherever they're at. Here's my response. I'm broken too. You know we only use 10% of our brains? You know why? (laughs) One day, maybe I'll be able to hum like Jack. One day, maybe we'll all be able to have incredible minds for numbers and incredible minds for science and be able to see things visually in pictures instead of in words. Wouldn't that be amazing? See, we can't because we're broken. All of us are broken. That's my response. We're all broken. We all have things that we can, we're created to be able to do and experience. And so many times we can't because of the physical limitations brought on by the fall. And you know what? Jesus is coming back to restore all of those things. Isn't that good? That to me makes me go, yes. So we, we push on. We push on for healing. We, 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 we pray for, for all kinds of improvements in all of these situations, whatever they be. We pray and we work with God and we work for breakthrough. And I think there is uh, an acceleration happening. We're seeing this more and more of heaven coming to earth more and more. And that's what we're about in this house is seeing more and more of this. But friends, there will come a day when the work truly is complete where it's not half done. As I just lost my slideshow.
C.S. Lewis says this. Creatures are, bo- are not born for desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there is such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there is such a thing as water. Men feel sexual desire. Well, there is such a thing as sex. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Isn't that good? Why is it that we long for restoration, full, complete restoration, when we don't see it here, but there's still something nagging in us going, this is wrong, this isn't how it should be, this isn't how it should be, why can't we just accept it? That's the world around us. Ah, ah, I think it's because we were made for another world. That nagging thing, when you see an injustice happen, when you see children get hurt, you stand up and say, that's not how it should be. I think Jesus stands up and says, that's right. It's not. That's not how I created this world, and I'm going to fix it. You were made for another world. There is going to come a day when he comes back. And you know, it's not just our bodies that are going to be made new. It's not just the planet that's going to be made new. You know what else? This excites me. Our relationship with Jesus is going to be totally unhindered. We'll be able to look him in the eye and hear his voice with our ears, whatever our ears are like, and we will never be confused again about his guidance. We'll never have to doubt his love again. You're going to be in his presence with him. The one who created us for joy and love. The one who invented joy and love and celebration and feasting. All of these things are going to be ours. Isn't that amazing? play this little video I think speaks to this because there's one other thing that's going to be done away with. And after the storm Run and run as the rains come And I look up I look up On my knees and out of luck I look up Night has always pushed up day You must know life to see decay But I won't run I won't rot Not in this mind and not in this heart I won't rot And I took you by the hand And we stood tall And remembered our own land What we
Because death is just so full And mine so small Well I'm scared of what's behind And what's before I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. I look forward to that day. There will be a day of restoration. This is our hope, that Jesus, not that he died and was rose again only, but that he's coming back. He's coming back, friends. That is our hope. That's what we look to. We look to the skies like the apostles saying, come Lord, we're ready for you. And until he comes, we labor with him. We work with him. We're about the Father's business, trying to bring more heaven to earth than we possibly can. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor? Just like to ask the prayer servant team if you'd come up to the front. Anybody who needs more healing or prayer or what have you, please don't leave without without getting prayer. We've had several people healed. Pretty amazing to see our sister have her knee and back healed here. It's like two weeks in a row. That's a good program. I want you to really consider who you'd like to invite to church next week. It's going to be a a really good time. We have a guest speaker, Josh Stevens, who's going to be facilitating the uh, the supernatural training, and he's going to be preaching here on Sunday morning, and God's going to do some amazing things. So I want you to bring anybody who needs healing or who needs some encouragement. It'd be a great day to invite somebody. Just say, hey, we're having a guest speaker, and I've been thinking of you and wanting to invite you to church, and I think now would be a great time. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Have a good